0: Hello there. This is the disgraced mayor of this ghost town we call Out of the Forest, Chris, with my pre-show things to know. First off, some new Twitter followers. I'd like to thank Apathy in Action, Sir Drillion, and David Hurt for giving us a follow on Twitter. Special thanks to the Monster of the Week Twitter for giving us a follow, as well as for sharing our episode posts. I'm sure we gained a decent chunk of our humble following thanks to them. If you'd like to join their ranks, you can find us at the Forest Cast on Twitter. Thanks also to everyone who voted in our first poll, Favorite Player Character. The results were as follows, Enif in first place, Isaac in second, Karnunos in third, and Baron in fourth. The characters are still so very early along in their arcs, so I'm sure the standings will change as we get to know our merry band of misfits better and better. This is the last episode of the hiatus, and it's an actual plot important one respites are going to be your traditional in between adventure episodes where hopefully we can see the characters at rest so to speak we hope you enjoy this one and look forward to launching arc 2 on february 5th and as always we appreciate any feedback you're willing to give us whether that's a tweet an email to out of the at gmail.com or a review on whatever platform you can review us on and don't forget to tell your friends if you enjoy us you can never have enough podcasts and with that I'll release you from this torment and let you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Out of the Forest, an actual play podcast about a bunch of tired adults that are happy they're finished their first arc. We are currently playing Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. I am Chris and I am your GM slash keeper, and I am joined by my players.
1: I'm Evan and I play Baron. I'm Dominic and I play
2: Carnunos.
0: I'm Jessica and I play Enif.
2: And I'm Alistair and I play Isaac.
0: Alright, this will be the first of a recurring event called the respite which will essentially just be your your typical intermission arc where we get to see the characters just kind of live their lives for a little bit or do whatever they want to do each of the kind of mini adventures that we're about to go through has been the the setup at the very least has been discussed with the players that are involved that way we can kind of explore the characters in a way that the players want to explore as opposed to just putting them through the rigors in the middle of a mystery And without further ado, The annual junior campery at Camp Longstream is cancelled, less than halfway through its length, purportedly due to aggravated local wildlife. It is rescheduled, though it's been said that somewhere around a third of the parents aren't allowing their kids to attend after the stories they've heard. The northern campus of Munsdale Community College, having also recently struggled through some strange happenings that led to its indefinite closure, has just begun to run courses again once the police investigation ran its course, having arrested some ultimately harmless pranksters for the break-ins that go, in all reports, completely nameless. The agency, or more specifically Agent Franks, provides ENIF with some small amount of closure. Only three of the camperees' attendees were deemed required to have mem-blockers administered, as all the rest only saw things that could be explained in a mundane fashion. Thanks to Ranger Tom's report, the agency set up a watch station at the wards to make sure there would be no further tampering. Luckily, the rogue spellcaster was caught, the missing states. The destruction was made to look like the result of natural causes, and likely would not have been deemed to be sabotage otherwise. The communication ends with a thanks, and a promise to be more available to help in the future. Life in Monsdale returns to a state of relative calm, at least for a few days. But before all of that, at the end of the camporee, as everyone loaded up in cars, a mixture of afraid, disappointed, and relieved amongst the many going home, we zoom back to a basement where someone has made their home away from society. Sal, manager of the training post and apparent weremold, stands before Baron with a serious look on his face. All around them is a domicile made up of a tiny kitchenette, an old, torn up couch covered in blankets, and a small TV with rabbit eared antennae tuned to the local news. Sal turns to Baron as they walk in and just goes, So, uh, what name did you choose again?
1: I went with Baron.
0: (laughs) Baron, that that ain't even a real name, son!
3: What a jerk.
1: I suppose you chose Sal?
0: Well, uh, to be honest, that's not the first name that came to me, but I, you know, I sat on it and decided that uh, Sassafras was a bad name that would give me some weird looks. So I, you know, I did a little bit of research and went with Sal. You know, pretty simple. Not going to draw too much attention. And then I came here. So what's your story? What's got you all... Tangled up in these areas. I didn't even know anyone else made it out, so to say.
1: I I didn't know anybody really was even going through the same thing I was, honestly, until I ran into you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Sal takes a few more steps and then collapses on the couch. And the couch, you swear... Sinks about halfway through its its height as he sinks into it. He gives a, a small pad at next to him and just goes, "You want to have a seat?" Uh, sure.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'll sit down next to him.
0: You sit down and you just sink right in. You you can't <laughs> even reach the armrest because right your arms are about level with the cushion.
1: Is it like one of those? Is it like one of those leather couches where you just kind of like fall into it for infinity?
0: It's like one of those weird like kind of suede-ish couches that's like super old and just worn down. It just has no more structural integrity anymore. Uh, Sal takes a deep breath and then looks at you and just goes Baron. So I don't think we resolved. How did you end up with that sword? Because I know it ain't yours.
1: Well, I I think from what I've recently discovered too, it's, it's not... Mine, but I don't exactly know how I came across it. Um, I, I walked out of the forest a few years ago, honestly, and everything before that is is hazy, and I have no idea what was really going on beforehand. No, Slowly not, discovering things.
0: Not to interrupt the scene, but what what are I presume the cats doing in the background, Evan? They're playing with the. <laughs> Freaking blinds. Alright, so Baron just went over the fact that like he can't really remember much, but knows that the sword has come to his possession, and he's been trying to figure it out. Um, and Sal uh, responds to that, Yeah, I don't, I don't think we were meant to be doing this per se, so I don't think our minds are built to be human and r- remember being a monster at the same time.
1: So, you, so you think we're technically human? Now?
0: Oh, oh no! Absolutely not. I think we're trying to be human. I, th- I uh. think we're mostly pretending. I, I don't. And he kind of looks at himself and and goes, I think, as much as it might be hard to believe, looking at me, and he kind of pats his gut. I think this is how we want to want ourselves to be. I think this is our our attempt to not be monsters i i think we are monsters through and through though that's why i unlike you it seems trying to stay away from people for the most part stick stick to my uh little trading post out on the edge of the woods where i only have to see a uh, large groups maybe once a year
1: yeah i've kind of strangely adopted the same thing and i usually up until recently had Stuck to my own realm right outside of the woods. So.
0: That's fair. I mean, if it's not too presumptuous, uh you... You hear the voice too, don't you?
1: Every once in a while, yes. And lately, he's... still had kind of a hold on me too, at times. Does that happen to you?
0: Oh, it's been real bad lately. If... If what I've heard recently is true, it sounds like. Do you know why, as a, a big old monster, big old mole man, do you know why I choose to stay like within the finds of the forest? That seems to be where the monsters come from. Seems to be where I'd have the least ability to control myself.
1: Uh. Honestly, no, I don't
0: as Ranger Tom he takes good care of me. He set up those those uh wars that are in the forest i th- I think he said that one of them broke down, and oof, it all seeped in so fast, I've never been so scared uh, but it helps to keep busy uh idle moments are when your brain is uh you know an idle mind is a devil's play thing, you say uh. So I, you know, keep the TV running. I keep fidget spinners up in the shop to fiddle with. I, you know, I keep myself busy. I try not to get involved because I, I don't think I'm strong enough to fend it off forever.
1: I don't think so either. I think there's something that has to be done. And the, the crew that I've been working with lately, at least, are, I think, working towards that.
0: uh you do realize you're going up against the the whole of the forest (laughs) you you people you youngsters y'all can be dreamers all you want but i'll stick to my meager existence um and i think you you two talk for a little longer and sal doesn't really offer much more in the way of encouraging talk mm. um but i have a feeling that baron leaves more convinced that he's doing at least more good in the world than sal is
1: yeah it's kind of the gist that i got that sal has kind of accepted things it seems like
0: he but. does give you uh his number in case you ever want to talk or or have any issues that you'd like to talk out because he, he tells you basically you know you know it, it helps to have someone you can relate to and it as much as i isolate myself and and I, i'm happy with that it does get lonely having no one that can understand what i'm going through so it's nice to know that you're out there at least even if you're be- making a whole pool of yourself And you take your leave, Um, now knowing that, if nothing else, at least you're not the only thing, the only monster that has managed to shake free of the grass, knowing that perhaps there's hope for others. It is the third day of classes before Isaac gets up the will to attend any, and even then he is hardly paying attention, zoning out for minutes on end. Life and death struggles and killing were all things that someone Isaac's age has typically only read about, but he's been thrust into a world more chaotic than anything he could have imagined, a world he's learning he's always been a part of, hidden by a thin veil of rigorously enforced secrecy. About a minute passes after class ends before Isaac recognizes it's time to go and he packs up and heads out. He is shaken from his latest reverie by Iris. Isn't that Seema? Where? Uh, You look up and Iris is pointing and in the crowd of students kind of milling out of their classes, not the class you were just in because obviously... Even in your state, you would have noticed her. You see Seema, a uh, bag strapped over her shoulder, uh, looking down at her phone as she she mills her way uh, through the school's halls.
2: Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Um, I I guess I could go over and and talk to her. Um,
0: Yeah, don't don't you still need to give her axe back?
2: I do. I've been hanging on to it. Um, I just really haven't had the energy to go hunt her down. Yeah, I'll, I'll go see if I can catch up with her.
0: Uh, after a little bit of, of weaving through the crowd and almost losing her a couple of times, and the, the bun- bunched up groups of kids uh, making their way out of their various classes that, for some reason, this college has deemed will run on the same exact schedule and all end at the exact same time, uh, you do uh, catch Seema. Uh, do you just call out her name? Yeah, Seema. Hey. She is startled a little bit, looks up from her phone and quickly uh puts it to sleep and tosses it in her pocket and turns around and gives you a look and just goes oh oh, oh it's uh um Isaac, right? Or was it Brian? I
2: Yeah, no <laughs> no, I Isaac is fine. Um yeah, I remember from from the Camperie this weekend.
0: Yeah, you were uh you Wandered off and were chased by a wolf, and I had to scare it off. I think. Yeah,
2: you did a a pretty good job um, helping us out. Thank you.
0: Yeah. how How have you been? I, things got a little hectic at the end there. I uh, I don't remember a lot of the the last half a day of the twenty four hour camporee. Oh. He-
2: yeah, yeah, you're right. It got a little bit blurry um, towards the end there. Um, I I think you you might have dropped um, your, your axe along the way. I happened to, to pick it up um, and wanted to return it to you. I don't have it with me right now, of course, but uh, just, you know, sitting at home, kept thinking about it, but didn't really have a way to get in touch with you.
0: She gives you a weird look and then goes, That's uh you said I gave you my axe. Yeah. Um, well,
2: again, it was a kind of a you know blurry moment, so maybe you don't quite remember.
0: But no, you... I I uh I still have my axe, but it's weird that you say that because I I had the the weirdest dream the 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 night that I, that I stayed uh, at the camporee where I gave you my axe to help fight off this weird like demon wolf so it's really strange that you did we just have like the same dream
2: <laughs> yeah super weird shared dreaming i heard it's a thing um you said you have your still? yeah
0: i think i uh, i must have dropped it but um one of the 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 uh animal control people that came through at the end there found it and, and, and returned it to me. Um so I like I did lose it for a little bit, but I've I've already got it back.
2: Oh, um maybe I'm mistaken then. Maybe it it belongs to someone else. Uh,
0: okay, well good to see you. She she uh gives you a a, a warm smile and nods and goes, Good to see you too, Isaac, like, maybe I'll uh see you around the campus now that like, classes are finally back on. Yeah yeah that'd be nice and she gives you like a little peace sign and then uh, makes her way back out uh, down the hall and you you see her make her way out of the college and uh, Iris kind of floats up next to you and goes that was she she uh didn't remember it well she did but she didn't
2: I know I have her axe
0: I mean, she said it was. She got her axe back from animal control experts, but the only people, officials we saw were the, those agents. So maybe they gave her a fake one,
2: maybe to try to help wrap up the, the the memory loss of it to kind of, you know, button up the rest of the mystery so she doesn't question anything.
0: Yeah, they certainly seem pretty interested in making sure no one questions anything.
2: Okay, but I still have her axe. I don't really know what to do
0: with it now. Uh, I mean, I mean, that was like I don't I don't know. Um, Baron's got that sword. Carinus has got his whip. Enif's got their um, magic missiles. So maybe you just have an axe now.
2: I I guess I do. I mean, it's better than nothing. Seema did do some pretty decent damage to the wolf, when she, you know, saved us. So.
0: And I threw it.
2: And <laughs> you did throw it. We th- we threw it together.
0: Yeah. So maybe maybe we'll since I've already like threw it. I'll I'll have a little better job next time helping you. Throw an axe! Okay. And she like, okay. sort of like strikes a pose. <laughs> That's cute. Alright,
2: well we'll become axe throwers then. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things. Of all I the things, it. yeah. We'll keep it. It'll It'll be our weapon, and maybe we can do some damage next time.
0: Yeah, team axe ghost! And she holds up her hand for a high five. I look around, anyone looking at me? No, most people are trying to make their way out of class. Alright, right, I'll do
2: a uh, kind of subtle air high-five that probably just, you know, passes right through.
0: It actually pats her lightly. There's, like, slight resistance before your hand passes through as you've been steadily establishing this connection with Iris. Aww, that works. T Max Ghost. She goes, are, uh, As you, you two kind of make your way back through the hall and And head out front to kind of make your way to the bus stop to catch the bus back to your apartment. Uh, Iris kind of is quiet for a little bit and then goes "Uh, Isaac, are are you okay?
2: That is a hard question to answer, Iris.
0: Is it? I mean, it's (laughs) yes yes or no.
2: Are you alright? I will be okay i'm it's a lot to process right now i'm still working through everything that happened this weekend that's nothing that i've ever experienced before could have prepared me for seeing a a real person die as a result of maybe indirectly but my actions um Iris, if if you don't mind my asking, what is it like to die?
0: There is a, a long pause, and Iris' eyes go very wide, and you notice as you look at her, um, and this time you kind of recognize it being a, a sign of her sort of influence on you, all to your perception, all the lights on campus go out. You can still see the lights, but they seem to no longer have any effect. And you are just... It's, it's dark out. It, this was a... a you, you were just getting out of like a late like 8 o'clock class. Uh, and it is just pitch black except for the moon out now. Um, and you hear the sounds of choking. You hear the, the sounds of rushing water... And, and, and gasping breath, and, and just ch- choking uh, sobs, and and then you don't hear anything for a few seconds, everything goes pitch black, and then you you blink a couple times and the light steadily comes back, and Iris looks down at you with wide, confused eyes and just goes, I'm, I'm sorry, Iris, what? Uh, I- Isaac, what? I'm so- what did you say?
2: I said, let's go home. It's been a long day, a long past couple of days. I think we could both use some rest.
0: Okay, that that sounds good. And the two of you make your way uh, to the bus and, and wait for it to arrive to ferry you home, your issues and concerns not really addressed at all, and perhaps even less comfortable with the situations you're in than you were previously. the Thursday after the wolf incident. There has been some unrest between Kununos and Enif as the former tries to convince the latter about the necessity of investigating the cult. Little progress has been made in this debate and the two seem at an impasse that has been fanning the flames of the discord between the two. It is midday and the open sign hangs from the door of Veritate. It rattles ever so slightly as another shout erupts as the argument rages on. I don't understand why we need to have this conversation right now if clearly this
4: cult is dangerous, all right? This is not something that can wait. They've tried to let a wolf with many eyes into a campsite full of children.
3: I just... I've done so much to try and escape them and to stay here, away from them. Why can't we just leave it alone for a little bit?
4: Because clearly they're going to try something again. Look, here's... here's the... the the thing is, I can just go in there and take care of it. But you would not let. What? Marnie? Marine? You would not let her die at the campsite. So clearly there's something going on here.
3: There are still people. I spent a lot of time with them. They're my family. I don't know why. They suddenly went to the dark arts, and I don't want any part of that. But that doesn't mean that I want to go
0: around killing them. I'm not saying that I have to kill them. You are abruptly interrupted by the bell above the door ringing as someone enters the shop. Um, it is a young girl who walks in. She is dressed in a junior camper uniform and has long, shiny blonde hair. She stands with a very tight posture and isn't looking up at you, so her bangs cover half her face. Carnunos, uh, something about her seems oddly familiar to you, beyond just the uh, uniform she is wearing.
3: Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, we're, we're closed right now.
0: But the sign says open.
3: <sighs> I must have forgotten to change it.
0: Um, how, how can I help you? She looks up at you, Enif, uh, and matches eyes with you, and when she looks up, her eyes are a light gray, almost white, and her expression is entirely blank. She looks at you and says, She's dead now. I'm sorry? Mariner, she was your sister, and she's dead now how do you know that name um and kernunas it is at this moment that you realize why you recognize her this was uh as far as things were told um thanks to to isaac's uh investigation mariner's daughter um and it looks like for looking closer she has not changed out of that uniform since the the date of the uh events that we explored last time. Uh, The little girl does not break your gaze, Enif, and uh, does not change her expression and says, I was hers, and I returned to the children to... I didn't have a purpose anymore, but I was told to come here to deliver a message Are you ready for the message? What's the message? You, Enith Thafnir, have sided with an enemy of the Watchers. And while originally the plan was, thanks to some proponents of yours amongst the children, was just to excommunicate you and leave you be, you have now been branded a heretic and will be treated as such. And before any response can be made to that, she says, that is the message. And she turns around and leaves the store.
3: Eniv just kind of like stands there for a little bit and doesn't really know what to do. Um, And then once they come back to themselves, they uh, rush to the door and open it and try and see uh, if the girl's still there.
0: She is a good ways down the street at this point, just walking, uh, with purpose, uh, to the south. Um.
4: All right, look, this is unquestionably now something that we need to take care of.
3: What? I don't- How did they even find my shop? They usually don't even come to this part of the town. Okay. Okay fine. If I take you to one of the smaller places that I know about and just we can look and don't interact with anybody, just look for a little bit, will that be okay? That's a
4: good start, certainly.
3: Okay. Alright. There is a small uh, encampment Um, on the south side of the forest, um, where a few of the members should still live. We can head there.
0: And the two of you uh, gather some small amount of supplies and board public transport to get to as close to this uh, small encampment as you can. It takes a little bit of extra walking after you get off the the last bus that gets as close as you can get there Uh, but eventually you arrive far enough from the encampment that you can kind of decide what to do next uh, but close enough that you know there's a clear route to get there. You see a few uh, what look to be um, handmade huts uh, set up in a small field just before the edge of the southern section of the forest. And you see a few people wearing what looks like hand-knit clothes of of cloth and leathers, as well as a a few small plots of land growing um, a variety of crops. What do you do?
3: Okay, wait. We we can't get too close. They'll notice us.
4: Um, what are they doing out here in the forest? Why would they be here?
3: They want to be closer to the forest. Um, Our... The cult elders believed that the closer you were to the forest, the stronger your magic was. So, that's where they live.
4: Uh, Alright, well, at least that means it'll be easy to track. Is this just a commune?
3: Mm, This is one of many communes. So, there's um, a few smaller ones, and there's uh, one large one where the elders stay. Um... A few smaller groups usually break off and make their own. It would be too obvious if there was, uh, you know, lots of people staying in one place. Uh, They try to take up as little space as they have to.
4: How many of the cult, how many people are in this cult?
3: I don't know how many are in there now, but when I was still a part of it, maybe almost a hundred, I would say.
4: You're joking. Is that a... That's a lot of people who are dedicated to stopping us. There's only four of us, enough.
3: When I was a part of it, um, we wouldn't really get new members very often. Um, new new members would um, come to us, willingly, and be reborn. Um, I don't know how they're recruiting members now. It could be larger now, or smaller.
4: Clearly they're recruiting children. Has that been the pace before?
3: No. I mean, not small children. Um, Teenagers, sometimes, yes. But never children children. Um, I do know that sometimes uh, cult members would... um, make a child but we'd never recruit one
4: hold up Hmm? make a child
3: am i gonna have to play the birds of the bees to cruninos right now uh all
4: right look Carnunos fucks okay Okay. but (laughs) (laughs) um
0: it's just a question of no, whether or not no. he's a swan when he does it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not,
4: not, like, not like that. He, 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 he slaps his forehead and just goes, no, not not like that. I mean, I don't know, golems or something?
3: Uh, no, no, not not like that. Just a regular human way of making children. Hmm. hmm.
4: Well, this is definitely something we need to keep a close eye on. I'm going to have to take some notes, I suppose. Well, at least they're in the forest, it'll be easy enough for me to get here. Can you show me the other encampments?
3: I I guess I can I can point them out, but again, I'm not sure if they'll even be there anymore or if they've
0: moved. A lot has changed since I left. Evidently. Alright, and uh, so Enith takes Kernunos and guides him to the locations where they expect or at least where they once knew the encampments to be. Some of them are still there, others have since moved, leaving nothing but uh, crushed grass behind in the wake of tearing down the huts that they live in. Um, and eventually Kernunos has a list of locations of the encampments. Uh, and him and Enith head back to ruminate on all that they've learned. It is around lunchtime, on Friday, when you have all been asked to join Carninos once again at the diner for something of a debriefing. Carnudos um, seems to like being there because, you know, it's his job, he needs to be there to make money. This time he has, a little bit more intelligently, chosen to invite you all there at a time when he is on his lunch break so he can actually sit with you for an extended period of time to have a full conversation without having to be interrupted by his work. Baron, Enith and Isaac, you all arrive around the same time by various methods at the diner and say your hellos and have some small talk before you enter the diner uh, to catch up with Kernunus and figure out uh, what all has happened to you in the past week or so. Isaac, as you cross the threshold of the diner, the world goes cold. You look back at your friends who are also entering and see them mid-stride entering the establishment. And you look back and it seems almost as if all the lights in the diner have gone out. The patrons of the diner are, are all frozen midway through a bite of omelette. in the Just getting to the good part of an anecdote from their long week. But all together, no longer moving, and the light above one booth is still on, shining down on an individual in a green hoodie with the hood up obscuring their face, and their hands folded within their sleeves, concealing every inch of skin. What do you do? Uh, Iris,
2: this isn't you, right?
0: there's no response iris doesn't even rematerialize as she usually does when you uh, speak to her Mm
2: -hmm. i'm gonna look around a little bit more i've never not had iris appear if i've talked to her um hello
0: hello says the figure sitting in the booth with the light still on I realized I had to correct correct a mistake 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 two two times times in a row as a pattern, you see.
2: Okay, um, why is everything frozen, then?
0: I exist outside of all of of it.
3: While I am here, nothing significant can happen.
2: that's oddly reassuring um what mistake did you have to fix i told you two, two times because is a pattern.
0: pattern i did I not mean I to stop and the the longer that they talk the the more you you see hear their voice echoing around just this this space uh and the the more the space seems to distort Um, And they kind of look around at it all and go... I am sorry. I must be be brief. brief. I did not give long 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 before reappearing. reappearing. My My presence
3: is an interruption interruption. that
0: that, that few, few, especially especially not not, not, all of us, will enjoy. enjoy. enjoy, 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 enjoy. Yeah, you're giving me a little bit of a headache here. Um... (laughs) Their, their voice uh, is starting to take on a staggering amount of echoing, um, but they they continue going, I just want, I just want to just tell you, or you, know, one, one of you at that, that, that something is, is very wrong with
1: this.
0: And this, then this, suddenly they're gone, and Baron and Enith have sat down at that booth where they were sitting moments ago, and Enith is giving you a concerned look as you kind of stand by the door of the diner.
3: Isaac, are you okay?
0: Uh,
2: yeah, I, um, I'm sorry, um, I just, there was someone in the, in the booth over there I was talking to.
3: What are you talking about? Um,
2: I don't, I don't know. It, wait, um, Enif, back at the camp, you said that there was someone in a green hoodie that you talked to, and then they just disappeared, right?
3: Moral?
0: Moral?
2: I might have just seen them.
0: You saw Moral? And it is at Maybe. this point that Carnudos comes out of the back and joins the group. Oh,
4: hello everyone. Glad you could make it.
0: Hi.
3: Um. Coffee. A tea for me, thanks.
4: Alright, I'll be right back.
2: I'm still kind
4: of trying to
2: figure this out. I didn't get their name.
3: What did they say to you?
2: Um, they just said that something is really wrong with all of this. With what? i'm not really sure um the city the environment the forest the situation
0: yeah, yeah there's definitely something wrong with all of this um and then uh Carnunos comes back uh empty-handed uh behind him is, uh, Barb, the other employee of Mr. Dotree's diner, uh, carrying a, a platter of the, the drinks he requested, uh, kind of speaking to Kurnunis, and as you arrive, Eve, uh, you hear say, now I told you, when you have a break, you gotta take, a... your friends are here, what are you doing trying to serve? Just get, get in that booth and let me serve you. All right, all right, thank you, Bob, I appreciate it. All right, can I, can I take y'all's orders? And she, she pulls out her notepad, um, or, or did you need some more time with the menu? Um, I'm not
2: particularly hungry I'll just uh, have some lemonade please
0: Alright one lemonade Anyone else or should I just come back Do you guys still have that
1: Bet's big breakfast
0: (laughs) Oh the trip will (laughs) be The cook will hate you but I can get one of those out to you Oh it would be great if you could Of course sugar I'll be right back uh, Unless anyone else needs anything pressing Just tea for me thanks You got it and she writes that all down and, and makes her way back to or towards a couple other tables, takes their orders, and makes her way back to the kitchen. And much like last time, as you, you kind of hear vaguely in the back her, her say, "Bet's big breakfast, you sure. <laughs> <From> hear, <cook.
4: laughs> It's one big breakfast, I'll tell you it's what. It's that's big breakfast. It's what boy needs. It's, and... it's basically all three meals of the day.
0: In one. And a little bit of the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> all,
3: all 11, 11 meals. Meal
4: what about elevensies <laughs> alright well thank you guys for coming it's good to I guess see you all in one spot Anif and I have been doing a little bit of reconnaissance on the the cult
1: oh really
3: He just kind of like sighs and doesn't look like they, they enjoyed it at all
1: what did you find, what did
3: you find? yeah significantly
4: more people than I thought we would.
1: No, that's not good.
4: They call themselves the Watchers.
2: That's not ominous.
4: Uh even if does the name have significance? Or was the name the same when you were part of them?
0: Uh, yes, Chris. Yeah, they they were the they have been the watchers uh for a while that with the the full name okay. that we agreed upon. Okay. Alright, yeah. Um They're Their name
3: has has always been the Watchers.
4: Do you know what that means? What are they watching for?
3: Do they watch the wall? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who watches
4: the Watchers? (laughs) It's (laughs) Cranunas. The answer is Cranunas. So it's a group of deities.
3: (laughs) Uh,
2: They just sit in a circle watching each other.
3: They... They're... To be honest... The elders really didn't explain exactly what they were watching.
2: Maybe they're watching the forest. That seems to be what they were focused on at the camp, letting things through. Maybe they watch for monsters and try to let them in.
3: They didn't used to do that. Before it was just us learning new magic spells, developing new spells, teaching others, and, you know growing herbs, learning just the regular ways of how you, um, you know, art of crystals, all of that kind of stuff. And we would never deal with any monsters like that.
1: Well, is there any way we can figure out more? I mean, Kurnunis, it sounds like you're just kind of surveying where they are right now. I mean, is there any way we can get involved?
3: Absolutely not. I'm not letting you sure I'm not letting all of any of you join it.
2: I'm sure none of us wanted to to join it. But if they're out here, you know, doing bad stuff isn't it kind of our job to stop them?
1: Yeah, these are people that are helping to hurt a lot of others and it may be our one key to figuring out what this whole What everything's tied to, really.
3: I just don't understand why they're doing this. Everything was fine. Everything was completely normal. We'd have festivals and celebrations, and everything was peaceful. We didn't interact with anybody. We were completely on our own. And then, I don't know, the elders were just different. All of a sudden, they were different, and they wanted different magic, and started doing things that I was just not comfortable with.
2: I'm sorry that they changed. That must have been hard to, to
4: see. Sometimes family can change, but it seems like you did the right thing and left that family behind.
3: Not like it really did any good. They found me anyways.
4: Ah, yes. Um, The situation has accelerated a bit because of that. So wait, they know...
1: They know where you are?
3: Yeah, unfortunately. Maybe I could just move.
1: I mean, that shop seems pretty important to you.
3: Maybe I could just go underground.
1: The Secret Life of Enif.
0: <laughs> I just have this vision of like Enif with their their head in their hands, and then they just do that thing where they just drag their whole face down as they say. That they can just go. That's hundred percent. Honestly, Andy. that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I loved it. Oh,
3: that's perfect.
0: Um, it's about at this point uh, that Barb arrives with the the lemonade, uh, the tea, and the the bet's big breakfast requested. Uh, which is like, which
3: I'm imagining is you know like one of those giant platters they bring to you at restaurants with like five plates on it. Like that's all of Baron's breakfast. It's that giant platter.
4: I think it's, <laughs> I think it's the whole it's table, the, right? It takes up the it's whole pretty, table.
0: It is a big breakfast. <laughs> it's um, the whole table. I, I've got full this of vision plates. in my head where it's got like this, um, like custom made like metal rack that has like arms that go out that have extra plates. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Um, no, like like a tower kind of. She a place, puts it yeah. down it, and just goes. I actually had the uh, the chef cook up a little bit extra of each of the bits, uh, since none of the rest of ordered any food, he can kind of pick at with him. You look like a man with a healthy appetite, so I'm sure you'll eat most of it on your own. But I didn't want to deprive the rest of y'all. I'll uh, I'll put it on Carnunos's tab, and she winks at Carnunos and uh, heads back through the the. <laughs> Baron's diner. gonna eat
1: it all by himself. I, th- it, I, th- I think Baron. Literally it has like. Has it has both
4: ass. sausage links and patties. Oh my it's God. like it's crazy. Uh,
1: As... think, like before she has left, he's already somehow, like in the blink of an eye, consumed one of the plates of sausages. It's all the, the, the goodness, goodness of <laughs> a grand girl. sandwich, but on plates. He, he he slurped them up like Scooby <laughs> Doo. <Deer. laughs> like vacuum just inhaled
0: them. It's a Patrick vacuum. <laughs> As you <Yeah>. all <laughs> Watch agog as Baron just <laughs> devours these plates uh, every once in a while a good
4: SAT word. trying
0: to like reach in and grab just a little piece of bacon or a little bit of um, uh, pota- uh, uh, fried potatoes just in between his, his, his just shoveling of food uh, and kind of have a little bit more of a lighthearted time as you, you enjoy this breakfast and let the worries of your dire mission uh, wash away for maybe just a little bit of a while. The camera pans up through the roof of the diner and up to the sun, shining brightly in the sky. We linger for only a moment before panning back down to a field at the edge of the forest, dotted with modest, handmade huts. Amongst the people milling about this makeshift village, a young girl with blonde hair and a junior camper uniform makes her way into one of the larger huts. Inside the hut, the girl approaches a robed figure sitting behind a roughly made table, reviewing notes scattered about. The road figure looks up, their long, dark hair scattering away from their face, and seems pleased to see the girl. The message has been delivered. Enith Fafnir is officially declared heretic for their aid and battle in the death of Mariner. Very good. Now, about your report. You said one of their allies was tied to a spirit? Yes. Mariner confirmed. Male. Early twenties. Nervous. Bound to the spirit of a young girl. Excellent. It is time to tip the scales back to their natural state. You may rest. And with that, the young girl's eyes go wide and her body goes slack. A stout man near the door catches her as she falls. The road figure looks back at their notes and tells the man, Go ahead and put her with the rest of the homunculi. We have work to do.